Grand Rising, my babies. This is Beyond the Storm, and I'm Amanda. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit more about meditation, but specifically something called loving-kindness meditation, and we're also going to talk about your inner child. Loving-kindness meditation um, is the meditation I started with that really, really helped me on my journey to healing and to loving myself and, and liking myself. Um, meditation is the most direct and the quickest way to learn how to love yourself. Um, it takes us straight to our true selves, who we really are, our thoughts, our belief system, and it helps us to learn compassion, forgiveness, and acceptance, not just for other people, but it does for ourselves. And that's the big thing. Loving kindness meditation helps you to have compassion for yourself by softening your relationship to the basically afflictive mindsets so that you can avoid completely being overwhelmed or succumbing to their energies. So what loving kindness meditation does is it uses direct observation, which alone becomes the embodiment of loving kindness and compassion and is capable of embracing any state of mind that you're in. Uh, we can see into the nature of our anger, our rage, our grief, um, our hurts, and by seeing ourselves and our emotions in an open-hearted, non-reactive, non-judgmental presence. And when we do that, in that seeing, and that embracing, and that knowing it, it weakens and evaporates what emerges then, after all that. What emerges then is loving-kindness from that extended silence. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how to do it. So there are tons and tons of free resources out there. I definitely encourage you to please get in, get on YouTube, get on Google, look up specifically loving kindness meditations. A lot of them are guided. And one of the things that I did was basically what I had learned, someone taught me is that what you do is you were, you were going to go outside of yourself. You're going to look at yourself when you meditate. Look at yourself as if you are your friend. Instead of referring to yourself, looking at yourself as yourself, you're going to look at yourself like you would if you were your friend. Um, you know, instead of looking at me, okay, this is me. No, this is somebody who is my friend. So if, you, if I were my friend... What would I like or appreciate about them? Well, I would like that I'm understanding. I would like that I'm accepting and open. I would appreciate my bluntness and my honesty. I would enjoy those things and it starts from there. It starts small. Sometimes you can only find one thing and that's okay. You just keep doing it every day. You keep meditating on it. And you keep looking at yourself from the outside. If I were my friend, what would I love and like about myself? And you keep doing that. And then you affirm it to yourself out loud. You know what? I appreciate that you're an honest person and you're blunt. I love that you are a bomb-ass cook. I love that about you. You just keep affirming these things to yourself over and over and over. And sometimes you're going to have to do things that are hard like forgiving yourself while you're in meditation forgiving yourself I'm sorry and apologizing to yourself too I'm sorry that I stayed in that toxic situation 
for longer than I should have. And then turning around and being like, I forgive you for staying in that toxic situation. And those are the times that if you're anything like me, you're going to ugly cry. <laughs> um, I have told myself I'm sorry for putting these negative thoughts about, about myself into, into my thought stream. And then I've said it from like third person, you know, I'm sorry that I have put negative thought streams into your, or negative thoughts into your thought streams. I am sorry. And then I've turned around and I have released that. I just sat there and just sat with that feeling and cried and sat with that feeling and then just let it go. I just felt it just evaporate. And then I said to myself, I forgive you for putting these negative thoughts into my thought stream. And then I cried and cried and cried. Um, and it was so freeing and I felt so liberated every time I've done it. So, and that is part of loving kindness is how you would look at your friends, how you would treat them. Like if you have a friend struggling and they're having a very difficult time, you're not going to look at them and be disappointed that they're struggling. You're not going to be like angry or pissed off at them that they can't seem to get their shit together. You're going to feel bad for them. And, and you might get angry if they're making bad choices, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, let's say you have a friend who has outside circumstances that they have no control over those kinds of situations happening and they're depressed or they're angry and they don't know what to do. And they're just upset and maybe crying. You're not going to be angry at them or disappointed in them. No, you're going to comfort them and you're going to have compassion on them and listen to them. That's exactly how you should be treating yourself as well. If you would be gentle with your friends, be gentle with yourself. Because we can't fully love other people if we are not capable of loving ourselves. And I will give you a heads up. If you're someone like me, and you've pretty much been bullied since you can ever remember, and been told that you're not good enough, you're not enough, if you would only do this or that, if I could lose more weight, if I could be prettier, all these things, if you've been made to believe that you were never enough, you are enough, and you have always been enough. And when, if you're, if you've been through those situations and those kind of toxic situations, especially from a very young age, you've carried that with you this whole time. And this will help begin, or it's the beginning of healing that and not loathing and hating yourself anymore. And the thing is, is when you're like someone like me. And you have no confidence when you begin, like when I began this journey, I had no confidence, no self-esteem. I, I hated, I loathed myself. I would look in the mirror and I would cry because it was just like, I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to look like or whatever, you know. And, and I hated it so much and I hated me. It was so bad that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I didn't even want to leave the house. I didn't even want to get like try on clothes or anything like that because 
I would go to the dressing room and I would try to try something on and it wouldn't fit just right or like I thought it should and I would just cry. I would just burst into tears. And it's going to, when you start to love and like yourself and you have not had confidence before, it's going to feel like arrogance. But it's not. It's not arrogant to love yourself or to like yourself. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And to other people who don't love or like themselves and who are struggling with their own insecurities and things, it's going to look like arrogance. But that's where, you know, more of the loving kindness comes in is observing that they might feel this way and they may be struggling, but realizing that they're projecting their own insecurities onto them because they're not confident in their bodies. They're not confident in who they are. And if they were, it would not bother them so much that other people who they don't feel like should be confident are confident. Alright, so now we're going to talk about a big one. Being your inner child. So what is your inner child, you might be asking me? Well, if you don't know, your inner child is the part of your subconscious that has picked up messages since way before it was ever even able to fully process those messages. Before it was even able to process what was going on. It holds your emotions, it holds all of your, your memories, your beliefs from the past, as well as your hopes and dreams for the future. Your inner child is the one who remembers. It's the one that remembers the way grandma smelled when you hugged her. It's the one that remembers baking cookies or something with grandma and feeling really proud of yourself when you took a bite and grandma telling you what a great job you did. It's the one that remembers your dad and those moments that he either spent time alone with you and told you, you know, hey, let's go fishing or, well, I mean, that's what we did because we lived out in the country, but, <laughs> um, or those moments where your dad would actually tell you, hey, I'm proud of you and you would just feel so good. Um, it was that gratitude you felt whenever you would share like your favorite toy or maybe your favorite video game or something with one of your friends. It was when you were invited to a party that a kid from school was throwing and you felt super confident and happy. But it's also that one who remembers being ignored. It remembers being bullied, maybe on the first day of school, maybe on the school bus. It's also the one that remembers feeling really stupid when your teacher would ask a question and then when you didn't know the answer, they would scoff at you because it was a easy answer. It's also the one who is there when we're teenagers and we want so desperately to feel like we belong. It's the part of us that feels understood and calm and warm and fuzzy when we have good times with other people. But it's also that part of us that feels crushed and betrayed when we are hurt or ignored or lied to. Your inner child can make or break you. As far as being a productive member of society and finding happiness. If you feel stuck or frustrated in some kind of aspect of your life, it's probably your inner child that's needing some kind of attention. And being stuck in your life can look like different things. It can look like having difficulties at work, really struggling with being a parent, finding or even keeping love, deepening your relationships with other people, um, and even setting boundaries. 
You may notice that maybe you experience fear, perfectionism, anxiety, or maybe you just completely avoid certain people, places, or experiences altogether. The, all, all of that, those are ways that your inner child is attempting to feel safe. When your inner child basically runs the show, okay, it's going to choose behaviors, choices, and thoughts that are based on your unconscious beliefs or your memories from the past. And it's going to do whatever's based on what the inner self would need to feel safe. And often the inner child doesn't even have access to the adult self reality. And it may not know how life is different now or how things have changed. Childhood emotional wounds, um, emotional trauma, those can make you feel like you are walking around with a ton of bricks on your back and it is just weighing you down. And if your inner child is walking around with 50 pounds of pain, then you're going to feel like you're carrying the entire weight of the world on your shoulders. And if your inner child has lived with a lot of instability, a lot of uncertainty or even danger, then it's going to hold you back from making changes in your life. You may notice like a fearful part. There's a, uh, there's a part of you that's afraid of you trying new things. But if you're wanting to move on with life, you're going to feel really torn because you get stuck. You get stuck because your inner child is afraid to move forward. You can find a middle ground though. You can get unstuck and you can move past blockages. You're In order to cultivate that balance of creativity and flexibility and responsibility, connectivity and consistency, it's going to be important for your adult self and your child self to meet and get to know each other. And that is the first step to creating a collaborative team where your inner needs and your adult needs are being met at the same time. So the first thing you're going to do is guess what? Meditate. You're going to do that by uh, because you're going to use your meditation time to get in touch with your inner child so you can begin a dialogue and develop a relationship with it. So in order to nurture and heal your inner child, the first need, you first need to basically acknowledge their existence. So start simple with phrases like, I see you, I hear you, okay, acknowledging them. And then when you're ready to get a little deeper and spend time genuinely getting to know your inner child, your inner self, then you want to sit down with the intention of connecting with your inner child through meditation. Journaling also helps. Let your inner child know that you value their safety and consent and that you want to make choices that's for their best interest now. It's important that your inner self knows that they can release this repeating cycle of the past. And that can only happen whenever, basically when safety is established. So, you're going to basically use that model to for a continual dialogue with your inner child going forward. You're going to come back to them, you need to check in with them, and you need to listen to their needs. You can also look at and recreate pictures. Okay, so if you have access to photos of your child's self, you can look at them to pull yourself back to any emotional scripts that you might want to rewrite. So, like, if you experience neglect, it's possible that you want to look at these pictures while basically holding on to yourself or cuddling yourself, whatever, and whispering affirmations of love and protection to yourself. You're basically going to those childhood wounds. You're going to speak loving affirmations and remind your inner self that you're safe now.
Um, it might not be possible. There are some people out there like, you know, that it may not be possible for you to look at photos or looking at childhood memories could trigger um, dysphoria or maybe some other emotional responses that aren't conducive to healing. If that's the case, then recreate moments of your childhood through art or collage to create the child self you craved to be permitted to be, okay? So, you know, you need to remember that your identity, your identity has always been valid. Even when you weren't given the space to express it or explore it, it has always been valid. Write your inner child a letter. Let them know that you are done repeating the past. Write them a letter with everything that you needed to hear as a child, whether it was love and nurturance or a safe, like a safe spot to express your emotions or opportunities to play and just be a kid. Like I was, I personally was never a child. I grew up and raised myself and my sisters. My, I was their mother and I was my own mother. And so, you know, express your emotions or opportunities to play and be a kid. It could go something like this, like, um, you deserve more chances to play with other kids your age instead of taking on responsibilities that the adults in your life should have been handling. Play is a vital space to grow and to learn and to heal. And I'm sorry. I am so sorry that you didn't get that chance. And after you've written your letter, you could take it with you to therapy or wherever, and you could even read it out loud to process further. Or maybe you just want to read it like with solo meditation practice. Um, create a process that's going to feel good for you as a way to read this letter out loud. Because it's going to be hard to read it out loud. You're probably going to ugly cry and that's okay. That's okay because tears are healing. Um, children learn and grow through play. So allow your inner self space to play. It's a vital part of development. So if you weren't allowed ample space to play you know, by yourself or with your peers, then this could be an important part of connecting with your inner child. When we grow older, we start to deprioritize play because we often like infantilize it as it's too childish for mature adults to engage in, you know. But this is so far from the truth because play has the ability to heal. Like when you were a child, did you ever crave something like a toy or a game that you just weren't allowed to have? Like maybe a trampoline or an easy bake oven or a stuffed animal, or maybe going to the amusement park, if it's possible, invest in that experience now for your inner child. Create opportunities that are simply just focused on play. And that always makes me think of something my grandmother always would say, and she would say, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And it's true, like we become so focused on, we live in a culture that is so focused on at least here in America, where it's just like, you got to go, 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 go. You got to work, 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 work. You got to be busy, 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 busy. And the problem is, is that creates very sad and depressed and sometimes angry and bitter adults because all work and no play, you know, it's important. And that was something, you know, my mom was, she was a workaholic and her dad was too. And if we weren't doing you know, if we weren't working, doing something what she deemed constructive all the time, we weren't allowed to do it. And, you know, she's a very unhappy person right now. She's not able to maintain relationships with her with people her age. And there's a reason for that. Um, that inner child, it needs healed. Because she obviously also has trauma from being raised the way that she was raised. Um, say some affirmations out loud to your inner child. 
All right, choose some affirmations that your inner child wants to hear. That would be healing for them. And you're going to write them down on a post-it note in your room or something, basically, or tape it to your mirror. But take a moment every morning to read those affirmations out loud to your inner child. Um, I can give you some suggestions like, I love you. I'm sorry that we went through that. You deserve bodily autonomy. You have a right to explore and to play. And your body is a good place to be. And also remember, my beautiful babies, is that you are enough. And you've always been enough. We don't need fixed because we're not broken. You understand? We don't need fixed because we're not broken. We need healed because we've been hurt. I hope that your day goes very, very well. And I hope that this has been informative and eye-opening. And I really hope that this helps even one person out there to start their path onto healing and loving and liking themselves and headed towards the life that they want to lead. And I'll see you next time.